Welcome back to the Tim Moen Show. I took a break from debating communists to bring you some actionable information. It's coming up to the new year. And uh, boy, wouldn't, don't we all, aren't we all thinking about uh, how we want to be better versions of ourselves in the new year? Um, I know I am. I'm thinking about that beach vacation in April. And, uh, you know, I kind of want to make sure I look good in those pictures. I want to make sure I get some of that uh, island love, you know, from the wife. So uh, I got brought a guest on to talk about how we can meet some of our goals. Why wait till the new year? Why not start right now? Um, the guy I'm going to introduce to you is a guy I work with. He's a captain at the fire department I work with, and he's a guy that a lot of us look to for coaching when it comes to uh, building the kind of bodies we want. And his primary focus is strength work. And I'll tell you, um, I started doing strength work a few years ago uh, as a firefighter. You always want to look calendar ready, right? So uh, typical firefighter workout is uh, doing bodybuilding type workouts, eight to 12 reps, try to build those muscles, do engage in a lot of bro science, read all the muscle magazines. Uh, but it wasn't until I started doing strength work when I actually started seeing real gains, um, not just in be being able to pick up heavy stuff, but actually what I saw in the mirror looked a lot better than anything I'd been doing previously. So I, I need an explanation for this. Um, Chad Granger is is here with us. He's a captain, like I said, uh, certified in, uh, I think, starting strength and barbell uh, training, uh, but very knowledgeable. And correct me if I'm wrong on any of that, Chad, right? How, how Maybe just how did you get started in strength work and, and what kind of um, certifications do you have? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a person who's just self-taught, uh, Tim. I'm yeah. not officially certified in starting strength or anything like that, but I have done um, uh, Barbell Logic is a company online that uh, did a coaching academy. I, I did their coaching academy in 2019 um, and it was six or seven months a uh, pretty intense online study um it went over like base the basics of strength training and then how to coach strength training and how to coach the four main lifts uh went through the physiology uh, um and then just kind of some programming ideas stuff like that so we worked through that for about six months and then i flew down to the states and i did a starting strength seminar with mark ripito again that was like a friday saturday sunday intensive uh, eight hour day going through lifts, kind of uh, learning how to do these lifts. And, and one of his teaching methods is teaching you how to coach others so that you can better learn how to do the lift yourself. So that that's right. kind of where the training I have. I, I haven't so you, you, uh, you actually did some sessions with Mark Ripito. Yeah, I went down and he actually. What was that him. like? That guy's a bit of a character. He's, he's an interesting dude. He's pretty, pretty rough and gruff, but he knows yeah. his stuff and uh, he's, he's fun to be around and, and interesting to watch him teach and, you know, a guy who's been doing this since the sixties, teach people how right. to lift and move through, through this stuff. So uh, it was a pretty amazing experience. Yeah. And I, I highly recommend his book, starting strength and his podcast, starting strength, uh, by the way, for my audience, uh, bonus fact, Mark Ripito, the godfather of strength training is also a libertarian. So uh, if you listen to his podcast, you'll get a lot of uh, libertarian takes on things. Um, okay, so why strength training, Chad? Why why not just the old 8 to 12 reps, uh, curling for the girls in the squat rack, um, you know, sit-ups yeah. and crunches on BOSU yeah. balls and that yeah. sort of thing? I mean, that stuff works, but I think 
going back to my own personal experience and what you said in your opening there, Tim, too, is that I've been lifting weights on and off since I was 16 years old, trying the bodybuilding techniques, learning from initially back in those days, you had muscle fitness, men's health, uh, magazines you'd take the workouts from, read uh, Schwarzenegger's book, um, tried his workouts, and you get okay gains. But it wasn't until I discovered Mark Ripito, and I think it was about 2013, and worked through his starting strength book and applied the program that I first started seeing real progress. So years and years of working out with not a lot and then moving to a strength routine and it just worked. So I, I followed those programs for a number of years on my own and basically decided I want to learn more about it. And that's why I did those courses. Um, and in the end, it seems to be one of the few things that it worked for me. Uh, it's worked for my wife uh, and it seems to work for every firefighter that I put on these programs. Uh, they come back to me and say, I've got the more gains, more strength than I've ever seen on any other workout I've ever done. And I'm, I don't know the real reason why it works so much better, but it just seems to work for people. It's, it's a simple program uh, where people seem to see results. And so it's kind of got me hook, line and sinker because it worked for me. And I haven't had a person yet that I've put on these programs or helped them start with strength training. They come back and say it didn't work. Right, right. Well, I have some theories about why it works. Maybe I'll save those for later. But um, what just talk a little bit maybe about the difference between like a, a typical bodybuilding program where your where your aim is hypertrophy. Uh, and by hypertrophy, I mean, getting your muscles big and jacked and swole. And uh, what a strength program looks like and what its goals are. I think, you know, you when you start thinking about a typical bodybuilding workout, you start to think about the, you know, the body, the push-pull splits and, and isolating the body and the body parts. So today I'm doing arms and I'm going to do, you know, five or six sets of, uh, you know, curls and I'm going to go down and do some triceps and I'm going to do some forearm work and then I'm going to go do some preacher curls. So they're high repetition. You're working to failure. You're trying to get that pump, uh, that burn. And you're isolating really and focusing on individual body parts. Uh, so as a bodybuilder, you know, you see those workouts where there's every day they're working a certain body part, or maybe there's a push pull split. Um, and that's they're, they're fairly complex programs in the first place. Um, whereas a strength program is, it's a lot more simple, especially in the beginning. And that's kind of where my kind of knowledge base is, is how to get people started in this. You know, yeah. focusing on four exercises, the, the key ones for, for the ones that we talked to in starting strength talks about is bench press, squat, deadlift, and uh, overhead press, standing overhead press. Those four exercises you do on a rotating basis through the week, probably three workouts a week. So a typical starting strength workout would be like you do three sets of, three sets of five squats, uh, three sets of five bench press, and one set of five deadlift. That'd be a, your Monday workout. Your Wednesday would be three sets of five squats, three sets of five overhead press, and then again, one set of five deadlift. And then your Friday is the same as your Monday, and you kind of alternate those back and forth. Super simple workouts, uh, big compound movements. You're not isolating any one particular muscle group. You're trying to move the whole body as a system. Uh, and you can run a program like that for six to eight months if you're consistent with that without changing anything. Um, so very simple. You're not worried about which muscle group you're not isolating. Compound big movements seem to be the uh, the key, especially with beginning strength. 
Right. And, and I mean, when you add it up, when you look at uh, that, those programs compared to a bodybuilding program where you're maybe doing five sets of, you know, even 10 to 15 reps and you're doing multiple body groups, you know, you might be in the gym for an hour and a half because you got to do curls. Maybe, maybe you do three different exercises with five sets for just your biceps, right? And then you move on to triceps and then you move on to the next. You're in that gym for an hour and a half. You're doing a, a huge amount of, of volume. And then you take a look and you look at the starting strength program and, and you're in and out of the gym. You know, you're sure you're taking longer rests between sets, but the, the amount of reps that you're doing is like minuscule compared to what you would do in a bodybuilding program. And yet you're seeing all these results. One of the things I found is that these workouts are incredibly hard. They're taxing. They're they're not just taxing on your muscles, but they're taxing on your on your neurological system, right? Because uh, you're putting your whole body through uh, incredible stress, uh, and, and you know it, it's just you, you need more rest between the sets, and you, you know you're you you don't need to do as many reps to get the gains. Yeah. You know, the, one of the mantras from, uh, I think it's Barbell logic, the courses I went through is your, the, a strength workout should be simple. It should be hard and it should be effective. So right. even though we're doing minimal amount of exercises and minimal amount of sets, you, we're working at the 85, 95%, uh, one of your one rep max, or, you know, eight to nine of the RP out of a one to 10 scale of your you know, relative perceived uh, exertion. So you're working pretty high in that area. Right. So, you know, when the workouts look fairly simple, but they should be taxing when you're done, but we're not working to failure either. You're not, we're not, you know, a lot of times guys will walk out of the gym and they don't feel like they had a pump um, or they'll often say, I don't feel like I did enough. But it's funny, you still get enough stimulus. And all we're trying to do really when you're working out is to create stimulus to make an adaptation. Uh, I find a lot of times that we beat ourselves up in the gym when we don't have to. Um, we've right. already done the amount of work that we need to have that adaptation. And yet we continue on doing another three or four sets of exercises or adding in three or four different other exercises when we didn't need to in the first place. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from this perception we have that we have to leave the gym exhausted, right. And like panting and, um, or have even a sweat on, uh, like be drenched in sweat to have considered ourselves to have worked out. Right. But, but like you said, there's a, the, the goal here of, of building strength and building muscle, you know, as you build strength, lo and behold, you also build muscle, you get hypertrophy also from strength, right. Um, the, the key is, like you said, stimulus, you need to put your muscle through enough stimulus to stimulate an adaptive response. And then you need to recover. And, and that means good sleep. It means good nutrition. You, you need to eat enough protein, uh, to, to build those muscles. You might need to replenish some carbs because you're definitely going to need some carbs to, to, um, have enough energy to work out. And of course you need some fats in there as well for, for hormone balance. But, um, once you hit that stimulus, it's not like more stimulus is going to get you more adaptation. It's, you know, in fact, at a certain point, um, if you're overtrained, you, you start getting catabolic, right? You start breaking muscle down. I'm actually probably 
at that state right now, Chad, I've been doing this program called 75 hard and I've been, uh, I've been doing powerlifting exercise every day. So it's either, you know, I, I'm doing, uh, basically deadlifts and bench press one day. And then the next day I'm doing squats and overhead press and the, I'm doing that. There are no breaks. Right. And then I'm on top of that, I'm doing accessory muscles, um, you know, to, to fill out, um, some things as well. And, uh, and you, you, you have to, I haven't had a deload week. I realized that was probably a mistake and man, my lifts have not only plateaued, they're starting to decline and that's my sign. I need to back off for a week and, and let some recovery happen. Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. Like you, you our, our goal should be very specific. What is our goal? When we go to the gym, we want to create enough stimulus for adaptation and adding more junk sets on top of that isn't, going to service anything it's just going to uh, burn more energy and waste more time than needed yeah there's there's definitely like the concept of junk sets like the, there's a range between what your minimum effective dose would be to make that adaptation what, what they'll often say minimum effective dose or how much workout do you have to do to make uh not only just no adaptation but a significant or marked adaptation between workouts so that's kind of your minimum area. Then right. there's a little bit of a range where you can add in a couple more sets or a couple more exercises that may actually speed that up, or you might actually even get a little bit more adaptation, but it becomes a balance and you can right. hit that end very quickly. And then you just end up wasting your time or putting yourself into a place where now you have to recover from even more. And I think that's a lot of our problem is we want to work out so hard that we put our bodies in a state that it has to recover from something that didn't need to in the first place. If we didn't beat it down that much in the gym. And so we go to the gym, we work out really hard. We do probably too much more or more than we need to. Then we come back and then we don't give ourselves enough recovery. And then we go back to the gym and we hit it even harder because we're not seeing the results that we want. We come back and the body needs even more time to recover or eventually we plateau or we get injured or we quit. And some of the key things with strength is when you're coaching people, especially for the first time, is really pushing the recovery. You know, make sure that you take two to three minutes between your sets so that when you get to mm -hmm. ready to go underneath the bar, you're 100% recovered from the last one. So you can do 100% effort there. They make sure that we take 24 hours to 48 hours between our workouts to make sure that we're recovered between the workouts, um, making sure we have enough sleep. Mark Ripto said in the seminar that I went down to the best steroid you can take is eight hours of sleep. Amen. Um, so I think a lot of times when we're dealing with people who are working out, we, we all have this sense that we need to push our bodies too hard and we need to learn to back off and just find that sweet zone where we do just enough to make that adaptation and let it move forward. And when people start doing that, they start to see results that they never thought possible without the work in the gym that they they come back, I'm not doing that much and I'm seeing incredible gains and I don't understand it. And I think it's all about recovery and not beating yeah. ourselves apart. Well, I think it's that. And I think it's also, you know, uh, I'm, the, I'm trying to remember the lean gains guy, M Martin Burkamp, I think his name is, he wrote an article called fuck around itis. And because he sees it in the gym all the time, right? You go into the gym and there's guys going through their, their routine and they're chatting with, other people it's a social thing you know you never see them like working that hard they're in the gym for two hours but they're there there's no intensity to the work they're doing and and you know that would probably um 
I think somewhat describe, I think why people who go on a typical bro bodybuilding program don't see huge gains are the same kind of gains that, that you and I saw when we switched to starting strength. Right. And, and I was thinking about this. I'm like, why is it that like in theory, all the, all the literature shows that there's that, you know, hypertrophy workouts should work. Right. But I think the the key difference is when I did starting strength, um, there's progressive overload that you're tracking, right? Whereas before in bodybuilding, I just kind of go off feel, right? It's like, yeah, that felt like a hard set. Well, I'm not actually tracking um, the thing. I'm, I'm remembering in my mind maybe what I did last time and trying to get maybe one more rep out. But um, without the tracking, you don't know if you're really progressively overloading. And so when you're adding more weight to the bar every week, whether that's uh, 10 pounds, five pounds, or two and a half pounds, or even half a pound, when you get to the overhead press, sometimes you're only adding like a tiny fraction of a weight, but it is going up. And it's scary to approach that bar. The first, the first rep is hard, right? And 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 you got to do five of these damn things and um and so the intensity is there because you're tracking that progressive overload and there's no choice whereas i think you allow yourself a little bit of an out when you're doing a typical bodybuilding workout that that you don't get with um a strength training program like this so i i suspect if you tracked bodybuilding with the same meticulous um, kind of progressive overload tracking that you do with, with a strength program, you might get better results. Um, but, but yeah, there, there's just no intensity in the gym. And, and so it's intensity. And, and like you said, there's diminishing returns, right? Like it's that old Pareto principle, that 80, 20 principle, 20% of your work is going to get you 80% of the results. And so, um, focusing on that 20%, really nailing it in, gets you that 80%. Now, if you want to go more, just you, you can certainly go more, but just understand there's going to be diminishing returns and there's going to be a point at which those returns diminish so much that they actually start breaking down your muscle and they start being, um, uh, you know, against what you're trying to do. So, uh, let me ask you this. A lot of people out there are going to be middle-aged like us. And, and certainly, I looked at the program and I'm like, geez, I've had a bad back my whole career, you know, a paramedic firefighter picking up people in awkward positions. Um, you know, people never have heart attacks uh, on your stretcher. they always seem to have heart attacks or go into cardiac arrest in between the toilet bowl and the, and the bathtub. And you, there's no easy biomechanically great way of like lifting that person. And so you're always in compromising positions. You're always stressing your back. And I was constantly having back injuries. And so now you're telling me, Chad, I got to do heavy deadlifts where I'm bending over and picking up the heaviest weight I can possibly manage. And you're telling me that's not going to break my back. What's going on here? Well, I think we have to remember we don't just get to those heavy weights right away. So right. we, we start working with a weight that is manageable and fairly easy for us. And we in slowly increase this weight over time. And the whole goal is, is to add strength to your back and to the whole axial system, right? So uh, I think a misnomer with a lot of people when we start talking about strength is like, oh, I don't want to do strength training because I don't want to lift heavy or um, those weights scare me. Um, 
you don't you don't start there i mean uh the beauty of strength training especially barbell training is it's infinitely adjustable you could start somebody out either with body weights or just uh, um, a broomstick so uh right off the bat we don't start there what we end up though is if we train consistently over time adding small amounts of weight every time we go in and i'm talking like you can add as small as uh, 0.25 pounds per side. So a half a pound each time you go in there and lift. you gradually increase the strength, you gradually increase the weight over time. And then one day you will walk in there and you will pull significant weight and not break your back because you've built up the strength over time. So that, that's the key to strength training. It's just, especially in the beginning, we call it a linear progression where every single time you go in the gym and every single time you do a, a, a lift or a pull, we add a little bit of weight so we see a steady increase in strength over time and you can see that when you first start strength training for uh, many many months and yeah. so when we go in there and we think about oh i don't want to deadlift because i don't, I don't want to grab all this weight and hurt my back well you're not going to start at that weight you're going to start somewhere that's going to be comfortable and easy and we're going to slowly increase it and because of that your back's going to get stronger your your core is going to get stronger and your and your quads and your hamstrings and all those things that support that back are going to get stronger so the next time you go to lift a patient in an awkward position you've got that support to protect your back and that's yeah. the key thing is it and even rehabbing back too uh i've of my physiotherapist and we just did a presentation um on uh strength training over 40 and they use deadlifting as part of rehab now because they've realized as well one of the things if we have chronic back issues or if we have uh, back injuries we need to strengthen that back and so we shouldn't avoid those things that strengthen it we need to to exercise it and build that up but it's a gradual process so a lot of people are really scared for, about strength training because they see guys you know squatting 315 pounds 400 pounds and pulling deadlifting you know 450 500 pounds these guys have trained for three four five six years consistently over that amount of time you're not going to start there nobody's going to ask you to walk into the gym and grab 225 pounds on a deadlift and then just pull it right off the bat. And if you if you can only pull 60 pounds off the floor, that's what we'll start with. And we'll slowly increase it over time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I think the scary part for me was that five reps, right? Because five reps means I'm lifting a challenging weight for me. Like even if that weight's only 60 pounds, I, I can't if I if it's a weight I can't pick up more than five times, that's a heavy weight. And that's a challenge and it feels like it's going to break my back. But the, the interesting thing for me was that, um, my back's never felt better than when I started doing heavy deadlifts, like heavy for me deadlifts. Right. Yeah. And so like, I, I walk my dog with this, um, this group, of, it's funny. I had, there's this group of old, uh, folks, they're retired. They're, they have kids that are older than me. That's how old they are. Right. And I'm, I'm 50. And like my back's never felt better at 50 than it has at any other point in my career as a young 20 something. And my back was way worse than it is now. And I attribute that to all the deadlifts and squats that I've been doing in the gym under heavy loads, under scary, heavy loads. Like it scares you every time you go in there to do a set of five, because that's a heavy ass weight. And that's a lot of stress on your body. And it's, it's a struggle to get through um, five reps. And then you got to do that three times. Man, that's, that's intimidating, but my back's never felt better. And, and one of the ladies I, I walk with, she has uh, she has a herniated disc in her back and she is just struggling. Like she, she walk a couple hundred meters and then she has to sit down and she's done kind of thing. 
and I've been trying to convince her to do deadlifts. I, I think deadlifts would really help her. Like they're, they're not going to do surgery on her at her age. It's too risky. And so she's going in for cortisone shots all the time. And she's doing all the symptom management, taking gabapentin and doing all these things to mask symptoms. And I know from experience having a bad, like a sore back, like a painful back, but still doing deadlifts and doing them with proper form and getting coaching first. And all that is important because if you do them with bad form, you'll break your back. Yeah, but if you do them with proper form, you'll build up your back. Right. And so actually having a pain, painful back, like where it, it hurts to get out of bed and doing deadlifts that actually fixed my back. It fixed my back pain. Strangely enough. I, and I wish more people knew this, you know, even if you've got like the only, what's the option for this lady? She either takes increasing amounts of pain medication, opiates, cortisone shots, um, or she builds up the muscle around that spinal column and takes the load off that disc. And the only way to build up that muscle is lifting heavy things in a deadlift or squat type position. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Rip talks about that quite a bit when you, if you follow him and read his stuff and even in the seminar, uh, the hundreds of people that have come to him and in, in his gym who have chronic back pain and chronic back issues, including, uh, you know, the, the age old one of degenerative disc disease, which almost every one of us gets it as we age. And he puts them on a program of squatting and deadlifting. And he says, you know, almost, almost without fail, their back pain goes away. Right. So it's like we we have a problem. We have an underlying problem. We're not going to do surgery on it. Uh, but if we strengthen that back, that muscle tissue uh, and the connective tissue that we strengthen supports that back. And even if the pain doesn't go away 100%, you'll see a marked improvement in that whatever your back issue is. So that's another reason this kind of uh, same thing with you, Tim. I had problems with my back before I started doing these programs, started doing the deadlifting, the squats. My back doesn't bother me at all yeah. 50 years old been in this industry for uh, my 25th year coming up here um and it's the deadlifting and squats of my, my back is almost indestructible i'd say like it feels so good yeah yeah and it's funny you know i took um i don't know i was out of the gym for probably seven or eight months like i was just being a lazy slob um at the start of this year just eating chips sitting couch sitting and um I could feel it start, you know, I have my strength at work, picking people up off the floor was hurting. It, my back was aching and just, you know, uh, a couple tours ago, actually last tour, I noticed picking people up off the floor. I, I'm just, they're, they're, it's, it's unreal how much, um, strength I have and how much confidence I have in my back. Now they're like that, that pain is all gone. So it's really driving home the point that, I can't let off anymore. Like at my age, middle age now, um, you know, strength training just has to be part of my routine for the rest of my life. Um, or I'm going to end up like these people I'm picking up off the floor, right? Who have never done any strength training, who have uh, very quickly hit a wall where they become immobile. You know, the next thing after having to go to a walker and having difficulty getting out of bed is they're going to fall and break their hip. And that's pretty much a death sentence. And now they did their decline at an exponential rate, right? Well, the research is very clear that having um, muscular strength, um, you, you can have decent muscular strength well into your late years and 
the only way to get that is through strength training. And um, what what are your thoughts about bulletproofing the body for longevity? Ah, uh, that's kind of become a bit of a passion for me. Uh, a fellow, if anybody's interested in this, follow Dr. Jonathan Sullivan. Uh, he wrote a book called Barbell Training uh, uh, Strength Over 40, I think it was called. Um, the Barbell Prescription, uh, Barbell Training for, for Over 40. Jonathan Sullivan, and he also has a uh, YouTube uh, YouTube channel called Gray Steel. But he's a physician out of the states, uh, and his specialty. He's also a strength trainer. Uh, his specialty is working with people over forty, and he calls it being an athlete of aging. And he talks a lot about how uh, he has noticed in his practice that when we involve strength training with people who are aging, we can significantly slow the effects of aging. We can't stop at a hundred percent. But he's seen people. We've, we we can we can reverse the effects of osteoporosis. We can reduce the pain uh, and immobility from arthritis. Um, we can maintain our range of motion. We can maintain our ability for proprioception and balance through barbell training. And the strength training aspect reduces the atrophy that we see as we age, um, to the point where some people who, who have never trained in their lives and they come to him in their seventies end up being stronger than they were in their 20s in the first place. Um, so right. we can really significantly change how we age. Aging with the aspect of, oh, okay, I'm going to get older. I'm eventually going to have a walker, uh, maybe be in a wheelchair in an old folks home. Those almost become lifestyle choices. So you can yeah. kind of pay now or pay later where we pay now by going into the gym. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, it's kind of can be a pain in the butt and difficult. Uh, but is that any worse than leaving that and then being in a walker, eventually losing your mobility, getting osteoporosis, falling and breaking a hip, and like you said, eventually having a death sentence that way? We can't we can't change some of the you know medical things that happen. If we have a stroke or a heart attack, um, we're going to have to pivot when those happen. But strength training definitely um, reduces the effects of aging and can keep you active and happy long into uh, later life. Yeah, and it decreases your your all cause mortality considerably. Um, how do people get started doing strength training? Like, what's a typical program that uh, if someone listening wanted to start, that they could do? I think a, a good reference first off is anything uh, the starting strength book uh, lays out programs in there. And if you're older, if you're over forty. I'd recommend the Jonathan Sullivan book for barbell training over 40, the, uh, the barbell prescription, because it lays the programs right out in there. But whether you're young or old, it's it's actually stupid simple how how easy the, the, the strength training programs is. Uh, a starting strength program would be like an A, B. So program A would be three sets of five squats, three sets of five bench press, and one set of five deadlifts. That would be like your A. So that'd be like your Monday, Friday type of program. And then on your Wednesday, you would still do the squats, three sets of five, but instead of a bench press, you would add an overhead press, three sets of five, and then deadlift again, one set, only one set of five. So that A, B would be like on one week, it would be A on Monday, B on a Wednesday, and A again on a Friday, and then take your weekend off. So you work out three times a week, that kind of rotation and the next week you would just alternate you do two uh you start off with your overhead press on monday and friday in the middle uh, day would be the your bench press so they would just alternate right. but everything else stays the same you can run that for probably if you've never trained at all six months to a year 
fairly fairly easily before you start to have to change it up um so it, it's incredibly simple the, the the other thing to think about is when we say five in strength training they mean five if you can get six don't do six if you can get seven don't do seven we, we, we're not wanting you to burn yourself out you you have a log you have your amount of reps that you want to do if it felt really easy that day uh, chalk it up as a win and come back the next day add a couple pounds to the bar and do it again and slowly over time we add in the weight we don't just keep adding it on because it felt easy that day we want a slow steady increase and if we follow that and don't get greedy with the weights and don't get well i need to do more uh, i need to beat myself up more you'll have the recovery you need and you'll have the results that you need uh, so yeah. just kind of keep it simple stick to your plan of maybe adding 2.5 pounds to your bench press every workout or you know five pounds to your squat every workout don't don't add 10 just because it felt lighter or, or 15 or add in another seven or eight reps because everything went well that day just follow your plan and you'll find yeah. in six to eight months you'll be stronger than you've ever been uh lifting yeah. more weight than you've ever been um but if we get greedy that's when what we end up with problems well, yeah, one of the other things that, that happens is you start building up connective tissue as well, right? So ligaments and tendons uh, also get stronger, but they take longer to get stronger than your, your to, um, you know, maybe progress in um, getting lots of muscle strength, but um put too much stress on your on your tendons and ligaments or something like that if you're if you're going at a like if you're ego lifting and wanting to yeah. like just go hard for the sake of going hard right for the sake of seeing lots of of uh weight on those barbells yeah. um okay how how would someone know what weight is a good weight to start with I, you know when we're starting out usually if you if you don't know um, we'll get into, get into the gym and we either get you squatting or deadlifting or bench pressing, but what we'll do is start with the empty bar and we work our way up in there. We'll do a set of five with the empty bar. And if they felt okay and everything moved easy, we'd add maybe 10 pounds and do it again. And we add another 10 pounds and do it again. We want to get to a point where, you know, you can do five and you think you probably could have another two or three in the tank. So it starts to feel like at, at that fifth one, we're stopping you. Oh, you know what? That felt hard. But I could probably do two more, maybe even three more if I started. So it's really about rel rel relative perceived exertion at that point when we're starting to find weights. Better to err on the side of light than too heavy. Uh, so right. once you kind of find those weights, it'd probably be a whole workout just finding your weights. To so take your time yeah. on that first day, go in the gym with the whole point of, okay, I'm just going to find my weights today. Work your weight up to a point where, okay, I can do five reps and I've got a few left in the tank. That's your starting weight for the next time when you come into the gym. And err on the side of light, if anything else, because if you start too heavy, that's when you run into problems. We usually end up with hitting plateaus or injuries because um, we're gonna add weight every time we go into the gym. And initially the workouts are gonna feel very, very light and like you're not doing anything, but it won't be too long before there's, they're heavy and they're challenging and you'll wish that you were back at the light workouts. So right, right. don't get greedy. Just let the process do its thing and add a little bit of weight at every time you work out and you'll have success. Most of the problems I have when I have people that I'm, I'm helping start with this is it's they think it's too easy 
they're not working hard enough, they add too much weight, or they start doing extra reps. And then inevitably, I hear a month or so later, this doesn't work for me, everything's too heavy, I can't keep my form, uh, I'm not progressing, I keep failing. And when I look at their training logs, um, they just got greedy, and we back them off. And we start again and have this talk. And usually they blow right through their numbers and continue on no problem. Yeah. And I think I, I, I have this, a similar problem, right? Like if I do this, the straight up three by five program, I find, uh, I don't feel like I'm progressing fast enough or something. So I, you gave me a program, which I really liked, which was five, three, one, um, program, which, which I loved, I, which I got the most gains ever on, which is, uh, you know, one week you do five reps the next week you do a three rep and then next week you do a one rep. So, you know, you're doing, you're, you're adding more weight when you're doing three weeks and you're adding more weight when you're doing one rep. Um, and yeah, it feels good for the ego. And, uh, and then you go back to doing five and actually the five feels light now and it feels like it's easier to pick up and you, it just felt like I was progressing faster on that program. Um, one thing I think it's important to note uh, for folks out there is make sure you get uh, good coaching on your form when you're starting out, right? Um, now, if you don't have a coach, there are, there are plenty of videos out there that, uh, you know, starting strength has videos um, that tell you how to do all these lifts properly. And, you know, but it's nice to have a set of eyes there that are actually watching you and observing you and noticing, because you can watch a video, but doing what's in the video is another thing. And, and knowing where your form is breaking or something like that is another thing. So the best thing is to have a coach there. The next best thing is to video yourself and compare it to what a proper lift looks like in one of these videos. Um, and, th- and that's a, a Again, another good reason to start out slow, right? Because uh, you're building up neuromuscular pathways here to do these lifts properly. And you want to get that really ingrained in your neuromuscular system, how to do these lifts and do them with the correct form so that you're safe and you're building the muscles properly um, rather than just, um, you, you know, get, get that deadlift up off the ground, but have terrible form uh, doing it. Eventually that's going to come back and bite you. It's going to break you. So develop yeah. good, developing good form that first few weeks, that first month is more important than putting yourself under, under, um, you know, high workloads in the gym. Um, and, and so I think that's another good reason to start. And also, you know, anyone who's coming off the couch and getting into the gym, you, you go in and do an intense workout, you're going to be back on the couch for a week with, you know, muscle s- stiffness, right? We've all done that. So working into that so you don't, you know, terribly debilitate yourself through through delayed onset muscle soreness, um, you know, that's a good strategy as well. There's, um, there's some services out there. I, Starting Strength does it. Uh, Barbell Logic has it. Uh where you can sign up for online coaching as well. I did that for a number of years and uh, I don't have, didn't have an access to an actual starting strength certified coach um, who are specifically really well-trained in coaching the deadlift, the bench press, overhead press, and the uh, squat. But you can 
you can remotely, no matter where you are, hook up with these guys. What you do end up doing is you videotape your session, you submit it to them, they'll critique your form, and then uh, week by week, they'll help you improve your form. Because sometimes uh, there's little parts of the form that's going to take some time to learn. It, it, these are complex movements. They take a little bit to get dialed in. Um, and a lot of these programs, too, they'll help you with your programming and get you going, especially if you've, if you've got an injury of some sort you want to work around. If you're a little bit older, there's different techniques to program it. So the programming can be uh, very, very simple. But if we're older, if we've got injuries, um, if we have specific goals, programming can become a little bit more complicated and having a professional coach can help if you don't have access to one uh, in, in your local area. Because barbell coaching is kind of a lost art. The gyms these days went to machines because they're easy to, you put a guy on a machine, it's a locked in movement pattern. You just sit down and push, pull, bend, you know, leg press, do whatever. Um, but to have somebody who is trained and well-versed in the a barbell lift where we're using a full body mo loaded mo movements, it's hard to find these people. Um, mm. So if you can't find them, there's online options for that. Andy Baker also has, uh, who is author of the, um, co-author of the barbell prescription and the uh, practical programming book that that's fairly common be well known in the um, strength industry he has a facebook group that i think it's like literally like 12 or 13 dollars a month and you can submit videos to him and he'll give you some coaching feedback plus you follow a program so there's cheap options for this if you don't want to do right. it on your own now in terms of uh, tracking your progress, I know you keep a, a journal, you have a, a notebook like uh, something like this that you write every everything down in. Um, what should people be tracking each session? Well, that's a good point. So there's a, when we start tracking things, we start moving into training. Like there's exercise where you go into the gym and you're just gonna grab the weight. And I think I did this last time and, and uh, you know, kind of go from there. But once we start tracking stuff, we can actually start focusing on training and moving forward. So in my, in my log, uh, I still basically focus on the four main movements. So squat, deadlift, bench press and overhead press. So each one, so if I was logging my squat, I have a small column and I go squat and then I have my warm up. Uh, so there's kind of a, we can talk about warm-ups actually. There's a whole kind of yeah, that's topic about warm-up. So my warm-up weights, and then I'll have how much rest I have after my warm-up, and then my work weight or what I'm wanting to squat that day, how many sets and reps. And then I will actually, if I completed it or not, I'll write it in. So if I did five, I'll put five in there, and then actually write down how much rest I took between every set. Because sometimes you can adjust that rest. If it gets really heavy, I can go from three minutes rest in the first couple sets. And maybe my last minute set, I took five. That starts to give me an indication if the weight's starting to get heavy or if I need to increase my rest throughout. So I can really dial that in. And so every single workout, I have that. And to the next workout, I'll take the weight I had and I'll add 2.5 or 5 pounds or whatever my increase is. And then I'll figure out my whole um, warm-up routine again. So I have that preset ready to go for when I get into the gym, my workouts written, I'm not trying to figure things out when I'm in there and away I go. So I do that for every exercise that day. And then I'll have comments beside it. Like if I have a form issue, I'll you know, watch my depth, keep your back straight. Um, it, or it moved well today or felt right. easy. Um, mm. So those kinds of things so you want to log all that or even up top, if, like we work shift work. So coming off yep. nights, no sleep, that's going to affect how you perform. Um, yeah. So have those down there. I also track, uh, I, you wear polar heart rate. So I track my calories and uh, the time 
that took me to do the workout. So I know if right. you know, workouts should take me an hour and I'd spend an hour and a half in there, was I messing around too much? Maybe with, maybe my, my rest time was up significantly through everything and I should readjust either. Was it because I was fatigued, not recovered enough, or maybe my weights are too heavy. Yeah. You start to look at different variables, right. That, that are affecting your, uh, how much stimulus you're getting in the gym or how much stimulus you're able to get. Right. So if you have, you know, coming off a night shift where you were up all night and it throws off your sleep pattern, you might not be, you're not going to perform as well in the gym as you would have. You want to be able to yeah. control those variables. So maybe you don't schedule an intense uh, workout the night or the day after a night shift or something like that. Maybe you give yeah. yourself a couple of days to recover from that night shift before you hit the gym. You're going to be able to track some of those things in the log book. You're going to be able to see things like even, um, and especially if you go to the the length of tracking your nutrition as well, you can see if you see how much carbs you ate the day before versus another day and how that made you feel in the gym, you're going to be able to dial in things like nutrition and how to get the most out of your nutrition when it comes to the work you're doing in the yeah. gym. So, yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think you're right that that logging, uh, you know, tracking these things is everything. What, what is that management metric? What uh, if you don't measure it, it doesn't move or something like yeah. that i can't remember yeah. the name but the audience is screaming right now you <laughs> stephen covey or whatever can't remember yeah uh, i think we need the other thing with tracking is that uh none of us can very few of us can stay in the gym all the time we have life that gets in the way we get ill we go on a vacation yeah. uh maybe we lose motivation and we have trouble getting back in but now we have a log that when we do get back into the gym, one, it's helped motivate us because we can look at the log. Oh, my God, it's been three weeks since I've been in the gym. Um, but we have a log that if, once we start working out again, where we were in the past, what worked for us, uh, what kind of weight progress did we do? And basically, we can go back, kind of mimic where we and follow that pattern again, especially if it worked. Um, but if we don't have that written down. We're basically starting from scratch going, I don't remember what weight I started with and I don't remember where I was. Um, when we have this written down, we can go back to it because it's it's going to be ever undulating in our lives. We're, we have a period of time where we train hard, then we get sick or we're going to go on a vacation or uh, we lose motivation and we're going to go back up and down. We have a log. We got that track. We know where we've been. And so that can help us figure out where we're going. Right. Absolutely. So what does your... Uh, program look like right now, Chad, what, what does your training look like? Are you, um, you know, you're, you're, I guess, probably more advanced, uh, than people watching this who would be just be starting out, but what, what, what are you, yeah, I'm just curious, what does yeah. your training look like? Well, you know, it's funny. It's, it's, I'm glad you asked it because I've been following this program for, uh, I've been training on with strength training for almost 10 years, but because of that undulating pattern, uh, I just got back from a trip to Paris. And so I took my program right back to the bare basics, which is a basic linear progression. I had, I had three, almost four weeks off. So I went right back to the standard program where you had an AB type programs. I squatted three times a week, uh, was deadlifting or bench pressing. And, de and uh, that was my program it was super, super simple. And I ran that again up until actually last week where my weights got back to very close to where they were prior to me leaving on vacation. And uh, so once my weights, they come back a lot faster. The more we train, 
um, the faster you can get back to your strength. So if you go on a holiday or things like that, you don't have to do just five pounds each time. You can add your weight back significantly faster because your strength yeah. doesn't actually just disappear. Um, so it took me about a month, month and a half to kind of get back my, my strength. And now I've transitioned it more into what we call a heavy light medium program. So once you've trained for a period of time, that linear progression no longer works. We, we need a little bit where the weights are a little bit heavier. You need to build in a little bit more recovery. It's a little harder on your joints. So I have a program that I have a, on a Monday type workout. My workout is a little bit more intense. Um, so I have a heavier, I work, you know, maybe 95% of my one RM and I maybe have four sets of five for squats, four sets of five for bench press and four or maybe three sets of five for deadlift. So I actually have multiple sets of deadlift across and I would consider that like a heavy day. Now you can, you can move those workouts so you can have a heavy squat day and a light bench press, that kind of thing. But for simplicity's sake, I, my Monday would be a heavy day. My Wednesday would be a light day. So I'm actually working more around 65% of what my one RM. And so, and only maybe a couple sets. So it's more of a moving, working recovery day. I'm still squatting. I'm still bench pressing. I'm still deadlifting, but much lighter. And then on my Friday, we call it a medium day. So instead of 95%, like the heavy day, I'm working more about 85%, so 10% less. And instead of five sets of squats, I might do, or four sets of squats, I might only do three there. Right. So it's okay. a it's a heavy, light, medium kind of a rotation. It's a pretty standard program for intermediate lifters in the strength world. Uh, and it's good for people who are over 40 because it builds in that uh, recovery a little bit more. And you don't right. have intense, because a beginner would be, in, every day is an intensity day or yeah. a heavy day. And as you become more an advanced lifter, you need to build in recovery. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the things, you know, for people who are new to strength training or weightlifting, um, you, it's the best because you're, you're going to see the best gains you'll ever see in your life in the first six months to a year that you start on a consistent program, whatever that program is. And then after that, you start getting diminishing returns. Like you have to start really finding ways of getting that adaptive stimulus and, um, and so, yeah, I was just curious to see what Chad's is now. Do you add in any, um, accessory work at all, or are you sticking strictly to the big four lifts? Uh, it, it depends on my, what my goals are for that period of time. So right. Once you kind of get out of the, when we say the novice phase, so that heavy day, every day is a heavy day. I really recommend you stick to the four main lifts. Yeah. After about six, because you'll see progress in everything. Your 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 biceps will get bigger. Your triceps will get bigger. Your back's going to get bigger. Everything's getting bigger because you you just haven't strength trained before. So you're going to see hypertrophy as well as strength increases across the board. So you don't really have to do much more than that. Once you get to an intermediate phase where we start where I am, then you really what are your goals? Like, are you happy with how you look? If you want to increase your arm size, you want to increase your tricep size, then you can start working in the accessory work because you built that base. Uh, no reason to put accessories in when you're getting increases, in, you're getting gains anyway. And that's all about that minimum effect with those. Keep it simple as long as you can. Once you get yeah. to intermediate and say you're not no longer seeing those big gains anymore, it's a little bit slower, everything slows down, then you can start adding in accessory muscles. So I have in the past, I've done curls. Um, uh, rip toe has a kind of a, a style of curl that's a little bit more compound movement. I've done some, you know, skull crushers, things like that for the triceps. Uh, you can add in dips. 
a lot of times my goals with the accessories is to improve my major lifts. So, you know, if I'm trying to hit a, a new heavy or personal record of like a bench press, I might add in more dips. Uh, if I'm trying to increase my overhead press, uh, I might work my triceps a little bit more and do the skull crushers and some tricep work. Um, so right. they're always kind of goal-based. So you can add right. that in. So as you get more progress through strength training, you go from simple to complex. Yeah, you yeah. You, you might, your goal is, weight. again, I, I like how you said it's all about your goal, right? Like if your goal is to put more weight on that bar and lift it up, now you're adding in accessory work that maybe focuses on some of the weak areas, like maybe your overhead press, the weak area is if you just had a little bit more tricep strength, you could push a little bit more over your head. Mm -hmm. And so now you're doing those weighted dips where you're really trying to, to hammer those triceps and bring them up so that you can lift more overhead. Uh, and my, I, I, like my goal here, I finished this program. I'm on 75 hard uh, on December 15th. I've been in a cal caloric deficit for I'll have been in a caloric deficit for 75 days. So I peeled off, you know, probably about 15 pounds. It's just a moderate caloric deficit. I'm trying not to do it in a way where I'm not losing lean muscle. Cause anytime you go in a, in a calorie deficit, you lose fat, but you also tend to lose some muscle too, if you're not careful. So the way you stave off losing muscle is you lift heavy, you do, you know, and you, you eat lots of protein, um, make sure you get lots of protein, but inevitably you lose some muscle. So, um, you know, my next phase is probably going to be a lean bulk where I'm going to try to put on some weight and start getting my numbers up because, you know, I, I'm not, I, my, my numbers are plateaued right now. And I think that's just because I'm, I've capped out on, well, I've probably accumulated a lot of fatigue. Yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit about when you add in a deload week and, and, and take ease, retreat a little bit so that you can storm the storm the capital again so to speak um but uh so i, I think I'm, I'm trying to figure out what i'm going to do for my next uh training block and uh my wife and i are planning a beach vacation somewhere hot in april so i think my goal here is to look as jacked as possible next to her she's sexy as hell i don't want to look like some schlub that uh uh you know she found somewhere i want to look like uh you know I match her. So I'm going to be, uh, focusing, you know, I'm, I'm never going to lose those, um, those core strength exercises. So I'm probably going to do kind of a hybrid program. You know, my goal here is to look jacked on the beach in April while still maintaining strength and vitality for work and for life and stuff. So I'm going to keep strength in there, but I'm going to start, uh, implementing more hypertrophy workouts. And I'm probably going to take some of that meticulous journaling I learned in strength training to the hypertrophy world and try to apply that and see if I can actually get some good hypertrophy gains uh, by applying that method and making sure I'm not doing any junk sets that they're all uh, appropriate intensity to, to stimulate adaptive growth and then uh, really tightening up my nutrition which is one area where I've, I've sucked at constantly and I'm realizing now as I get older, I really have to tighten up my nutrition while as well, because I mean, that's where muscles are really built is in the kitchen, not in the gym. And yeah. so, you know, I need to focus on that. Yeah. I, I think it's like, there's nothing wrong with doing what you're doing, but I think that like people, a lot of people make the mistake of they go right into, they want to do hypertrophy work or they want to bodybuild 
And I think you've done it right, Tim, in the sense that most people, what they need to do is build their strength base first. They'll get the hypertrophy from that. Once you've kind of gone and run that gamut where you start to hit those plateaus, you're starting to see where the, where we're not seeing those regular gains. And you have to ask yourself, you know, do I want to consider continuing with pure strength or uh, do I want to do some bodybuilding hypertrophy? There's nothing wrong with bodybuilding type workouts, especially if you have the strength base first. And there's, there's kind of a concept that's come now in the strength uh, realm. Uh, Andy Breaker has done some programs on it too. It's, it's basically called it power building. So it's strength-based workouts with some uh, bodybuilding components to it. So you, yeah. you don't ever throw away the, the, the base, which is those four main exercises that kind of like, and then you build your program around it. Uh, so rather than program hopping or which program I'm going to go on now, you take the program that you started off when it was stupid simple and it continues on to when you're like where I am now, where you might do a heavy, light, medium, but it's still the same four exercises. And now you add in your some of your hypertrophy work and how that kind of evolves. And what you end up having is a program that evolves with you. That's something that works for you and your body because you've been playing with it and fine tuning it since you started. Um, rather than throwing the whole thing out and starting again, we just take what you've been doing and adapt it and continue to add things to it and then watch your recovery and watch, make sure that you're having your, the adaptations that you want. And then, uh, we tweak those dials, uh, rip, I think it was rip. It said training is a lot like looking at a stereo with all the dials and knobs on there. When you first start out, everything's locked out except one, the weight and we can reps, rest, all that's the same. And we just keep dialing up the weight. As we mm. get more complex, we start opening up all these dials and each one right. of these dials does something. But if we start cranking everything at once, we yeah. don't know what we've done. So the idea behind right. training and when you do it is we add a variable, we adjust it, we leave everything yeah. else alone and we see what Exactly. Happens. Just adjust that one variable. That's the only variable you, you muck with. And, yeah. and you can get a lot off that one variable, a hell of a lot. I found out more gains than I've ever gotten in my life just off that one variable. And then once you hit a wall and once you, once you've kind of peaked out and plateaued on that variable, now we enter the intermediate stage where we can start adjusting some of the other variables yeah. and try to get gains that way. But yeah. now you know exactly what that one variable does and how it, it affects you. Now, that variable has stopped changing because you can't lift anymore. Let's start tweaking some of these other variables and Oh, all of a sudden I can adjust that knob again because I've adjusted some. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's an art and a science. And, um, uh, but, uh, when you're starting out, I mean, it, it's been an incredible journey for me, um, doing the strength program. It's, it's been life changing and it's definitely something I'm going to continue doing the rest of my life. Even if my goals change somewhat, uh, always having that base of strength that allows me to do things I otherwise couldn't and allows me to stay active and vital, you know, into my, uh, you know, last half of life have, are super important. Chad, is there any, uh, are, are, do you, do you do any, I know you coach at least informally around the fire station. A lot of guys ask, hit you up for advice. You gave me a program. Do you do and do this at all? Um, as a side hustle or a business or like what if someone someone reaches out to me and says hey i want chad uh <laughs> to write me a program what, what what's the i could probably point him in the right i don't have uh, you're not here in, selling in anything canada, chad what in, the hell no in canada you need insurances and stuff like that and i don't oh have the, the 
you know, I've, I've done the courses and stuff, but they're not recognized in Canada for say for right, me right. to get the, the insurances and that. So for me to coach people outside of work, it puts me at a bit of a liability risk right now. Yeah. I haven't done like the, I probably should go and do it. I've, I've thought about it. Like when I retire, this could be a nice side hustle. Um, yeah. But I mean, people can definitely uh, hit me up and I can point them in the right direction to programs. I think there's so there's so much good information out there that they almost like if you want a program or something like that, go to starting strength, check out Jonathan Sullivan's gray steel and the book, uh, you know, uh, barbell training over 40. It has programs right in there. And the fact is that really strength training is stupid, simple. Um, what you really need more than a person making you a program is you really should seek out a coach. Yeah. somebody to help you with it because the programming aspect especially in the beginning is pretty simple the hard part is having somebody talk you through when you're having hit in a wall or you're having a form issue or learning those barbell lists at the beginning that's probably the the, the most important thing the programming is really really easy to the point where as ripso said uh you know if everybody strength trained there probably would be no fitness industry because right. it's it's pretty basic stuff right and you know yeah. the fitness industry is built around making things sound complicated and when it really needs to be pretty stupid simple um so yeah that's kind of where I, I i agree with him and that's why i also try to push the the strength programs on people is because it it is simple and so many people think that the only way a program is good is if it looks super complicated has tons of exercises with tons of sets and we're changing it every six months or you know, I'm on this phase or I'm on this block or I'm on this program or I just finished this program and started this, but we call it program hopping rather right. than, you know, if you tell somebody, basically you've got four exercises, if you just did these for the rest of your life, you would be super fit. But if you want to get more complex, wait six or eight months, add a couple exercises in there and you'll be fine. And that's all you really have to worry about unless you get to an almost elite level. Uh, most people don't want to hear that because it just sounds too easy and they don't think it'll work. Right. Well, but the problem is it's not the, the reason I think people program hop, hop is that it, they, they're looking for an easy fix, right? They, they, they want that silver bullet. Well, the only thing that gets you gains in the gym is consistency and hard work. I mean, there's no getting around it. Consistency, hard work, nutrition, sleep. I mean, if you don't have those, you're not going to get gains and hopping from one program to the next and the latest fad, jumping on a BOSU ball, grabbing bands and doing all sorts of weird shit. You know, that's only going to work if you're in the gym consistently and you're working hard consistently. Yeah. If you're not doing that, program hopping isn't going to get you anywhere. So keep it simple and basic, but it's also hard. And look, um, here's my offer to my audience. If you uh, are looking at starting uh, a weightlifting or workout routine, um, you're looking for some help, uh, you can reach out to me. My email is down below um, in the show notes. I want to see more hard people out there. You know, it's that old saying, hard men make good times, good times make soft men, soft men make bad times. I think we're in bad times right now. We need more hard men so that we can make good times. And that starts by the man in the mirror, taking some personal responsibility, making his bed, cleaning up his room and getting gains in the gym. And, uh, I want to help you do that. And I'm happy to help you for free. Just reach out to me. I can be your accountability buddy. I can point you to some resources. I can even coach you to a certain extent. And, um, you know, I can connect you with Chad if you want as well. So Chad, I've kept you here for an hour. Thanks so much for joining me. Anything else you want to 
say before we we sign off no i think uh go try it i, I challenge people to start a strength program try it for three months and you will be amazed at where you actually accomplish absolutely and and it, it's a great feeling too because you're seeing measurable tangible results every day you go back in the gym and that bar's getting heavier and heavier and you're seeing more plates on that thing man that's that's tangible and that that's good feedback right whereas a typical bodybuilding program you might leave with a pump but you know it takes a while to see results in the mirror but when you're seeing results on the barbell and you're feeling stronger man that's that's huge so i agree with yeah. you try it out give it a try yeah yeah if you want to bodybuild go for it but get your get strong first then you'll have better success with bodybuilding amen